Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for joining in. It's me, Josh. Um, I'm excited to uh, get into today's episode with my guests that we have for today. But before I do that, um, there's a few things I want to talk about and I guess people that I want to thank. For the first time a few days ago, I was able to go on um, Apple Podcasts and read some of the reviews that you all have been leaving uh, and I just want to thank you guys for doing that and, and thank you guys for the feedback that we've received. So for the people who have left reviews, um, these are the names that you put down. So Parge1995, I know who that is. That's one of my friends from college. So thank you, PJ. Uh, Sia from LBC, Faith Waits, and Library Book 7. Thank you guys for leaving <laughs> your reviews. Um and uh, anyone else who's who's left a rating, I really appreciate that. Um, it means a lot just to hear back from you guys. So if you want to go on and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, you'll get a shout out on the show. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then I also want to thank a friend from Instagram, Mr. Erwin Rodriguez. Every week he shares uh, the new episode that's been out and he shares that to his story. So Erwin, brother, thank you for for doing that, and thank you for just being such an encouraging listener. I really do appreciate it. Um, So yeah, now that we've got that behind us, uh, we can get into the episode, and uh, I want to let you guys know that this is a guest. This is someone that I've known for uh, most of my life. Um, I met him when I was young. Uh, He was young too, young meaning like we were like five or six or something like that. And, uh, for it, it was a long time. We went years without ever, uh, hearing from each other or seeing each other. Um, but within the last couple of years, I've gotten the opportunity to spend a little bit more time with him. And so I call him my cousin cause you are my cousin. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Taranuku, Taranuku Tofayano, everybody. How you doing, everyone? Thanks for being nice here. Nice to be back, making a comeback in Josh's life. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for being here, bro. Um, I just want to give you a chance as we start off to just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us all a little bit about yourself. Thanks. Uh, I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, like Josh said, my name is Taranu Kutofayano. Uh, I'm all their cousins and the uncle's nephew. Um, my mom is actually their first cousin, so it's not like their siblings. So we've, uh, that's why we kind of didn't see each other for a couple years when we were kids. But, um, yeah, I mean, I moved to the island when I was 12. So that kind of hindered our relationship at the time. And, um, I actually came back up for an internship with love squared, which Eli talked about in his podcast a little, I believe. Um, and then now I'm interning for the Katinas. So, I've slowly made a my way back into Tennessee, into the United States. Yeah, man. How old are you? I'm 21. 21. I just turned 21, actually. 21. So how old were you when you when you came up here 
for the internship. I was 19. So, uh, yeah, Tere is, he came up here when he was 19 to do the internship. He did the same internship that uh, Dan Thompson was a part of. I had him on a, a few episodes ago. Um, and you really made like a huge leap of faith when you did that leaving, uh, when you said you moved to the islands, you moved to Samoa yes, with American your family. Samoa. So you were there for how long? Seven, seven years, eight years, seven, eight years. And then you came back to the States and, um, you've been, uh, really involved in, in my family's ministry and just our lives, uh, heavily for the last, like over a year now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just a little over a year. Yeah, and so it's been good having you around, man. And uh, I want to ask you just a little bit to to tell us about like what the process or like the decision making process was for you, and kind of how it came about that you moved back here uh, last year. Mm. So the whole there really wasn't a decision making process in my mind at the time. Um, like I said, I was. I was 19, I was 18 when I first heard about the internship and an 18 year old just graduated high school. I was like, dude, I just want to get off this island. Mm. And I was like, this is my shot. I'm going to take it. I I applied for it and I ended up actually not getting it because um, Dan actually got it. And so I'm super glad that, that I wasn't the first one because my mind at the time was not like, I'm going to go do this internship and do my best at it because I want to do it. It was, I want to get this internship so I can leave this island. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, that, the whole decision process was just like, yeah, I just want to get out of here. Yeah. And then when I got it, I, I was a little older, a little more mature. And then I was like, no, this is actually a great opportunity. I should actually try this and actually pursue it with like all of me. And yeah. I ended up actually pursuing it and I'm still here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, we'll get into more of what the last year or so of your life has been like. It was, so you came here kind of during the pandemic, like as uh, as far as I understood, like it was hard to even get a pl- on a plane out of Samoa when you came, right? Yeah, the whole, I, like there were, there were, I think I got the last flight, I got the last ticket on the last flight for the next like six months. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy yeah because my uh my uncle dave who you know he was down there i think february of 2020 he went down um and they shut all the flights down yeah and he like last month just finally was able to leave and go back to hawaii and see the rest of his family so there's yeah. it was hard to get off of that it's, island <laughs> and actually it just shut down again because oh really they just they found another case down there. I didn't know that. Or well, not another. They found the first case down there. First COVID case in yeah, Samoa. In so they Samoa. shut. So there's no flights anymore. It, I think there might be like four for the next like for the rest of the year. Wow. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't looked into it a whole lot more, but I I know for sure. Like, cause my mom came up. My mom, my sister, my brother came up. And they, they can't get back. Wow. But your dad's still there. Yeah, my dad's still stuck down there. I bet he's he wish he got on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you again for, for taking the time to record with me. And uh we were talking a little bit before uh on our way here and uh you said you'd listen to some of the podcasts, so you kinda know how they go. I have three questions for my guests. Mm-hmm. 
And um, the first two are things that I'm really more interested in. And then the last one is more about you. So I'll go ahead and start with your questions. Um, And so for question number one, this is a question that uh, I get asked a lot, actually. And uh, I get asked this by my friends and just people I know. And sometimes I feel like I'm not really able to give them uh, a great answer. But Mm -hmm. I think that you're someone who would have a good answer. Um, because you're someone who's lived both in Samoa and here in the States. And so uh, your first question is, what is the the biggest difference or the biggest adjustment that you had to make first moving to the islands and then Mm -hmm. also when you came back and moving back to the States? What's the biggest changes or the biggest differences that you see uh, between here, the U.S. and the islands in Samoa? Definitely, at least from moving from Maryland to Samoa, the first, like, that was insane because, I mean, I was still in school at the time, and the education system is hugely different. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I was, I don't want to get too much into it, but I, they were teaching me, like, Samoan language, Yeah. but I did not, sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah, they were teaching me Samoan language and I never even looked, I didn't even know the alphabet in Samoan. Um, so I mean, one, the education system, two, time just is so much slower down there. Yeah. Um, you, like a week goes by and you don't even realize it's just, it's crazy because I mean, Samoans, we're we're all, we all admit that we always show up late to any kind of event. And so whenever someone shows up like 30 minutes late, it's like, oh, they're on Samoan time. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, um, the 30 minutes isn't bad either. Oh, yeah. 30 <laughs> minutes is gracious. That's like early. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely probably the, just the education system and just time is, is huge. Yeah. Also, like respect and there's a lot. There's a lot of change. It's just the culture shock. Yeah. But the two biggest probably just school and time yeah i do find that interesting when you talk about respect because so i grew up in tennessee in the south where um southern culture they pride themselves on like southern hospitality and Mm -hmm. you know mind your manners which uh i think is a real thing um it is a real thing but when i go to samoa like it's uh, on a whole nother level. Yeah. Like the, the <laughs> emphasis on respect, especially for your elders, yeah. um, is it's, uh, there's nowhere that I've been where that is, is replicated. So I'm sure that was an adjustment for you too. Yeah. It's huge. Having the, the biggest thing for me was cause it's like, I mean, being in Maryland, like you have a dishwasher, you just like, go rinse your dishes, put them in the dishwasher, you're done. You go like sweep the floor, vacuum, that's it. In Samoa, it's like you do all that, but at like five in the morning for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> just so that when people wake up, everything's clean. It's just, there's so much stuff that goes into respect that you don't actually notice. Yeah. And uh, I do think that like um, cleanliness and like just having like, like your house chores and stuff taken care of it it's almost like because i when i go to samoa like i do notice no one has a messy house like Mm -hmm. everyone keeps their 
they take good care of of their things and part of me thinks that it's a pride thing like you you have pride in in what you what you own but also it's like like you said with time like there's not that much to do in Samoa yeah. so like uh, you have plenty of time to sweep the floors and <laughs> yeah. wash the dishes. You're and either doing that or sleeping somewhere. <laughs> what kind of stuff? What kind of stuff would you do for fun, like with your friends in Samoa? Like, what was? How would you spend like the weekends or a Friday night or, or things like that? So Friday nights, like usually entailed, and because I I mean I left right after high school, so Friday nights were a pretty big thing in high school for me, and it was it usually consisted of a football game and then you go to the movies after and then i mean you end the movie at like 11 close to midnight and you just go home go sleep um but saturday sunday when you have like the whole day it's either hitting a waterfall hitting a beach uh boating surfing uh i mean obviously you have like church practice and set up and stuff um but for fun it was mostly just like movies and swimming yeah just different forms of swimming in different places yeah that's it i i remember a couple i think it was three summers ago my brother and i went down to samoa and we spent a little over a week staying with uh my grandpa and grandma uh my auntie tiva i think that's all that were there oh and her her uh son kyron had just been born and people asked me like what did i what did i do while i was down there like how did i spend my time because Eli and I didn't really go down there with like a plan of, of what we didn't have like a schedule or anything. We just wanted to uh, spend time with my our grandparents mostly. But mm-hmm. people asked what we did. And I had to tell them like most of what we did was just going to church. Yeah. Like we spent pretty much every day at church doing one thing or another. Um, yeah. And uh, like our one day where we didn't go to church, we actually spent with you and your sister mm-hmm. uh and we went to a we waterfall, to a waterfall. <laughs> yeah but it's, church is like a huge part uh, it's it's a huge way it's a big part of how people spend their time in mm-hmm. Samoa and so um you know my dad growing up my dad would always tell me stories about yeah we went to church all every day and did yeah. this and that and I was like okay dad you're exaggerating but, he wasn't <laughs> yeah he was not he really wasn't and um but there was something nice about like when I was down there. Um, there's there's way less distractions in Samoa than there are yeah. here, and I really had time to. I felt like while I was there, um, I treated people better because I was more present. Like mm. I was less distracted about oh what's going on, what am I gonna do this weekend, what. It, it, there wasn't any planning there wasn't anything really to look yeah. forward to so in the present i was just able to really invest into the people that i was with yeah i definitely yeah i mean med- i mean i had a lot of spots down there just to kind of meditate and pray and just have my own time with god and have my own time with myself um and i mean there's so many places i honestly i didn't even think about that when you asked my free time question i spent a lot of time um and my grandparents like they had these blowholes that were on this cliff by their house and they had this little bench and like that place in the like middle of the day sunset is like the most beautiful place just to sit down and meditate have time to yourself and i mean i feel like now that you brought it up just like the whole island is pretty much like that where it's just 
you could be driving and you're looking at the coast and just yeah. kind of have your own time to yourself that you don't really get to have up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there also is something about like everywhere you go on the island, you can see the ocean pretty mm-hmm. much. And I do think there is some, something that um, when every day you're seeing something that's just bigger and stronger than you can fathom like there's a humbling experience to that whether it's uh uh, whether you notice it or not like i think that that does affect your mindset and so i i noticed it when um whenever i would spend a significant amount of time there and i would come back Mm. i would miss seeing the ocean like i would miss seeing that because it's one, it was just like a reminder to me looking at the ocean and the waves, the water there's rough. Yeah. And, and like if I can see why uh, a lot of Samoan kids are afraid of the water because yeah. it's not, uh, it's not like crystal blue, calm waves, <laughs> yeah. white, like sh- sugar beaches or whatever. It's, it's raw nature and like seeing that all the time every day i think does influence your mindset and just the way you think about things and kind of humbles you a little bit but yeah for sure um you talked earlier just about how kind of one of the main reasons that that you applied for the internship initially was because you just wanted to get off the island yeah (laughs) and i think there's a lot of like kids in samoa like that's a a common thing is like I j- I'll do anything just to get out of here or get yeah. off and we were talking about your brother V how he's getting ready to graduate from high school and mm-hmm. he's considering a, a few of his his own options of what he's going to do next but I wanted to ask you like from your experience what are like when it comes to the youth of Samoa like what are the dreams that that those kids have at least from my experience it was a lot of like man, I want to go play football, man, I want to go join the army, man, I want to make my family proud, because a lot of it, and we kind of, we talked about respect earlier, and I mentioned how there's a lot of little things that go into that, and one of the little things is your last name, just kind of how, if I do something, it reflects everyone that has the same last name as me, and that not only goes to my parents, but my grandparents, and my aunts, and uncles, and all my cousins, and so when you're sitting down there and you're thinking, man, I want to do something that will make my family like proud, it's usually something big like go join the army, yeah. get a bunch of money, send it back to your family and like provide for your family, uh, go to college, play football, get a degree, get a nice job and send money back and make them proud that way. Um, but the two biggest ones, like I said, were just probably football and army. Yeah, that. I remember years ago there was like a some TV network did a special about all of the um, Polynesians that uh, made it to the NFL. Oh yeah. There's a there's a like a good amount of them compared to how many there are actually in the world. Yeah. And the there was a quote that some guy was talking about just Polynesia in general, like their biggest exports, their two biggest exports are NFL football players and Marines. Oh, 100%. And, but it is like, so getting off the island, why is it that football and the art and, and the military, like, why do you think those are um, 
like the two things that Samoan kids seem to gravitate for. I think it's and it's I don't think it's sorry. It's like the reason we gravitated to that mostly is because that's what we're good at. Yeah. And it's it's weird because I mean, we are good at other things. Like I know plenty of people that can cut hair and like cook, sing, do a million other things better than we play football and better than we train in the army. But it's just because that's what we're known for. We get a lot of football recruiters. We get a lot of army recruiters. We don't get a whole lot of like chances for us to go to American Idol. We don't get a whole lot of chances to go to like get a scholarship to go to culinary school. Um, I mean, just recently, we had like the first two ever Samoan kids from, or kids from Samoa that got baseball scholarships. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was like a big step because we're not known to play baseball yeah. or basketball or soccer or anything like that. But I mean, we're slowly getting there. Yeah. I think when I've spent time in Samoa, that's one thing that I've noticed. The difference between there and here in the States is, um, the amount of opportunity that's available yeah. to kids here in the U.S. is so much more than in Samoa. And so yeah. um, I can totally see like, hey, if you're good at football or, hey, you can join the military. Like, yeah, the, those are uh, I don't want to say easy options, but really the the best options that a lot of kids there have. So, yeah, definitely. Interesting, man. Um, Thanks for talking with me about that. I guess I'll move on to your second question. And this is something that both you and I can, uh, both you and I have experience with, but you actually uh, just experienced it and it's uh, getting your tattoo. Yeah. Your tribal tattoo, man. It looks good. Thank you. Yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> talk to me about because people so i have a, a full sleeve mm-hmm. of polynesian tribal art and now you do too yep. and you don't see a lot of those here in tennessee so i get a lot of questions about it yeah a lot so tell the people um what your tattoo is and like why you wanted to get it and and what the process was like yeah so i mean the whole reason behind my tattoo was because i wanted to represent my culture and like Josh said, there's not a whole lot of people out here that can represent our culture. <laughs> so the people that can, I was like, hey, I, I need to do this. And so I also didn't want to get it and just be like, man, I don't know what any of this means. Um, there's no meaning behind my tattoo. I just got it because I'm Polynesian. Um, so I wanted to wait until I understood a little more of the meaning behind it, a little more of the reason behind it. Um, and until I was like, I feel like I deserve this. I feel like I, I feel like I deserve to wear that, wear that. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I feel like I understand the culture. I, I have reasons. I know what I want in it. And so I just called my cousin. I was like, Hey, um, my birthday's coming up. I want to get a tattoo. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, for sure. Just, uh, shoot me a date. I'll, I'll, take work off and we'll just get it knocked out in a day. And I told him the Sunday after my birthday, went up, did 12 hours straight of just my whole shoulder Dang. all the way to my forearm. Um, and we didn't even finish it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we came, I came back the next week 
because um, I was out there for work. And I got these turtles that represent my parents on my wrist. And then I have four more on the back that are me and my siblings. Very cool, bro. Yeah. And I mean, I just wanted to make sure that there's like reasons and yeah. little meaning behind the tattoo. Like you guys all have your K. I have my turtles. Yeah. Well, man, it looks really good. Is it still healing or like have you gotten past like the itching phase? So the the part I did, the 12 hour shift that one is like not itching at all but the the stuff i just did this last weekend is like insanely itchy yeah i keep itching it and then i accidentally used the wrong lotion and it broke out (laughs) and now i'm just like man i gotta look disgusting for a week (laughs) hey well you're almost there once it once it's done you don't have to worry about it anymore yeah um i get a lot of questions from people um there's like I guess it's a more common conversation that gets had had in our society now than it used to be. But um, people talk about like cultural appropriation and like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not Samoan. Can I get this a tattoo like that or whatever? And you know, I'm people have different opinions on it. Yeah, I'm not really the kind of person. That, I'm not going to tell someone, hey, you can't get that or you shouldn't yeah. get that. But um, I would say that if I were not Samoan or not Polynesian and I wanted to get a tattoo like that, mm-hmm. I would tell people at least do some research on yeah. like what it means to Polynesian culture and why um, those symbols and those p- patterns are so important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, they look cool, but also there is a lot of meaning and just a lot of it's a um, it's a link that we have to our ancestors and yeah. to um, the people that we come from. So that would be my answer to it. What What's your thoughts on that? I'm probably in the same boat where I'm just like, hey, I mean, because you don't know anyone's past. And yeah. I mean, I have a lot of cousins that um, are not as dark as we are. And they have their tribal tattoos because, I mean, there's obviously someone they understand. But like... I'd probably be in the same boat where it's just like, yeah, I mean, if you know, if you, if you are comfortable with just like, oh yeah, if someone asks me, I can explain like, oh yeah, it's from Tonga or it's from Samoa, it's from, or like just know where it's from, know like the little bit of the meaning behind it and just be like, yeah, I, I understand it and I, I, I value it. Like, yeah. I just don't want someone to get it be like, oh yeah, I only got it because it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every every once in a while, it's very rare, but every once in a while, I'll see like a Palangi guy with a tribal tattoo. Mm-hmm. And now my reaction to it is I just assume, oh, uh, he must have grown up with Samoans or something <laughs> yeah. like that. That's how I, yeah. I see it. So, um, but yeah, your tattoo looks great, bro. So, Thank and, you. Uh, you should be proud of that. Your cousin, it was your cousin who did it. Yes, he did a great job. Man. Thank you. Shout out to Warren King. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> what's his name? Warren King. Warren King. Great job, Warren. <laughs> um, well, thanks for talking with me about that. And uh, so those are your first two questions, and um, I'll move on to the third. And you said you've listened to the podcast, so you know what it is. Um, it's an open-ended question, and I encourage you just to answer it however you want to, and we can take this conversation anywhere so it's your question is this what's going on at home so home right now is it's weird because 
my home is also my office, huh. which I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us right now can experience um, with the whole COVID thing going yeah. on. But it's it's also weird because, I mean, now there's three people in the house again. Um, we just had someone fill in an empty room. And it's it was weird because or home is weirder a little right now because before at least I I mean I knew Dan I knew Uncle John like I knew who was living there um, or like they like you guys knew Dan before I did but yeah. like um, I mean before this I I I never knew I never knew who uh, Jackson was or I mean he's a great guy I, I yeah. like him I like him a lot. Um, you, I mean, you guys knew who Dan was. Yeah. I mean, I've known, I've known Uncle John my, like you said, my almost my whole life, and I was like, okay, I feel comfortable coming into a place where I like know that the environment's good, but um, our the this new roommate we just got like I I I never knew him beforehand, uh-huh. and so it's just kind of like, um, meeting someone entirely new, but also they're literally like in the same house as you, yeah. sleeping in the room next to you, and like. It's it's kind of like making, and this might be a weird reference. It's kind of like getting a brother that you never knew before, yeah. and having to get along. Yeah. Um, I mean, we get along great so far, so that's a great that's a great like little thing. Going. That's good. <laughs> um, I mean, so besides besides the office home, as in Samoa is going crazy. Uh, the whole like I said earlier, the whole COVID case yeah. came down. Um. My dad's the only one back home in Samoa right now, holding yeah. down the fort uh, with one dog and four cats, <laughs> and it's just my dad, oh, the one guy that's like, we don't want to get pets. We're not getting <laughs> pets. Um, and I mean, not only that, but just because my whole family's just all over the place right yeah. now. I mean, there's four of us in Vegas, me here, and my dad in Samoa. Home is very abstract right yeah. now, um, because I mean, when I go to Vegas, my my grandparents' house is my home. Mm-hmm. When I go to Samoa, like that is my home. And but right now, the office is my home, and it's yeah. just kind of weird thinking like, oh, what's going on at home? Yeah, that is <laughs> a, that is an interesting thing. It's like sometimes there's seasons in life where home is not necessarily a a place or like a a building and um you know I guess I'll ask you because it seems like maybe that's a season that you're going through right now like um you have to you still have to have something to anchor yourself to Mm -hmm. um have you do you find that you find yourself holding on to something like that or do you just feel like you're kind of floating right now I think that's a great question, by the way. And I think the thing that's holding me down right now, and this might sound weird, but it's my bedroom. Mm. Just because that's like my own my own place. That's my own space. Yeah. Um, when I'm not in the bedroom, when I'm not in my bedroom, like I'm working. And so just whenever I get home and being able to like go lay down and like, man, like this is this is peace right here. Yeah. Kind of like how I said, I have all those places to meditate back in Samoa. My bedroom's like the only place I yeah. can meditate in Tennessee. And I really, really cherish that. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your living situation. So anyone who follows the Katinas 
they'll see their videos online or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, like, I think they call it like 5k headquarters, 5k HQ. Yeah. I think Uncle James calls it that, but no Uncle one James else really does. I don't, I don't think I've ever, but, I think I hear the office the most. Yeah. So for, <laughs> for people to understand, there is a, a it's a phys, it's a literal house here in Franklin mm-hmm. where the Katinas, the five brothers, they do a lot of their work there. Um, but also people live in that house as well. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. Yeah. So that is an interesting, not many people live in a house that also yeah. doubles as an office, like n- not their office, but someone else's yeah. office. <laughs> it's, it's weird sometimes waking up and I got all five uncles just yeah. sitting in the living room. Yeah. I, uh, and I've spent a lot of time in the house too. There, uh, the, um, the studio that I work out of used to be there. So I remember I would be there uh, making music and I, I would feel bad because I was playing loud music and then you'd walk out and like <laughs> grab something to eat or so. what's up today. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think I do remember that is it was, I mean, and I was kind of used to it at that point because the uncles were always, pra- I mean, they still practice over there. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of used to being like sitting in my room, working on my laptop or playing a game and just, hearing music out in the living room (laughs) that has to be a challenge too because so you live at the katina's office you also work for the katina's Mm -hmm. uh, tell the people like what's like what do you do for the katina's like what's your role so my label is intern but i do a lot more than i think an intern should do (laughs) um i so i do the merch online and on the road I do their visuals as far as like lyrics and backgrounds for their concerts. Um, I do very, very like minor editing uh-huh. um, just for like promos or happy birthdays or those things. Um, I'm slow. I'm slowly starting to get to moved into like recording like um, like video, actual like the messages for HWTK. Okay. And, um, that stuff by myself. Um and I'm also, actually, wait, I think I've gotten everything. So they kind of have you yeah. doing them just like a, a bunch myriad of, little of things. things. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep you busy. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that has to be inter- weird or a challenge living at the same place you work. Because I remember last year, like last March, I had just started the job that I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And we had just started uh, working from home. And I remember like the first two or three weeks that we were working from home, I would just wake up and I would just work in my bedroom. Mm. And it was nice because I could, I I just wake up and start like, I didn't have to get ready or anything. (laughs) Yeah. And, but after a while, uh, after a few weeks, I started noticing that like I was having a hard time sleep in my room, hard time sleeping in my room. Mm. Um, and like, my room just became a little, it, it wasn't just my bedroom anymore. Like it was also my office. So, uh, I was living in my parents' house at the time. And so luckily they have a guest room. So I, what I started doing was I would wake up and literally just walk to my parents' guest room <laughs> yeah. and work in there for the day. And, um, that's where I worked. I didn't work in the same place that I slept. Yeah. And so, but that's kind of hard for you to do. Like you, yeah. you, you work in the same place you sleep, but you still like, 
you still feel like your bedroom is kind of your anchor right now. That's an interesting thing to me. I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's funny that you say that because I actually have a very like actually the exact same story uh-huh. where I was like whenever I had to edit or whenever I had to email people, I'd do it from my room. And then I slowly started realizing, I was like, dude, I need to stop doing this yeah. in my room because it's, it's not helping me at all. Because it got to the point where instead of working, I'd be like, oh, I can just do that later because it's right there. Yeah. And then I'd, it'd be like the middle of the night, I'm about to fall asleep. And I'm like, look over. I'm like, oh, I still haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also noticed too that like those weeks where I was just working in my room, like I could go days like with basically without with hardly leaving my room because i would work in there i would eat in there when i was done working i'd watch netflix or whatever in my room and then after a while it's like i've spent all day in this room yeah uh i need to get out of here i need to see different walls or different color paint or something like that so um that is interesting i think it's important that uh for people especially if you live alone like let your bedroom be a sacred place let it be a place where you can go and relax and save save work and um your entertainment or whatever for a different room i think that's an important thing to do um moving on with uh kind of the home home theme you talked about how your family's kind of spread out right now um your mom and your is so who when you say your family who are you talking about so my mom um both my sisters and my younger brother are all in vegas right now my dad and all five pets we have are in samoa and i'm out here by myself (laughs) and you got to spend a little bit of time with uh your family in vegas right yeah so i got to see my so I got Tawila that lives she lives in Vegas. Um, I saw her before the whole island shutdown thing. I got to see her in Vegas a bunch, um, but I didn't see my mom and my other sister Pua for like close to a year. Yeah, until they came out here, and then I finally got to see them, and then maybe like fourteen months until I got to see my younger brother. Wow. And I still haven't seen my dad. Dang, man. That's tough. I I think about, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people can relate to your experience, like having family living far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been lucky enough to where, you know, my, my only brother, Eli, he still lives in the same town that I do. Um, and I, we live, I live 10 minutes from my parents as well. Yeah. Um, but that's not the reality for everybody. Um, what, what, what is the hardest part about like being away from family for such a long time, not seeing your brother for a year? I, I've never gone that long without seeing Eli. Yeah. I, what's that like? The hardest part is just, I mean, and you know, like there's not, there really isn't a bond like family. Yeah. And when you're hanging out with like your brother, um, and for me, when I'm hanging out with like my brother and my sisters, it's just there's there's like only things that we'd understand and there's only things that we've gone through because we've gone through it together and it's just the 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 energy and the vibe that you get like around your siblings is just you don't get that anywhere else yeah and 
it's it's tough because I went without that. I went straight from like living with my family, seeing them every day to not seeing them for a year. Yeah. Um, and that was really tough because it's just like, oh man, I can't wake up and go beat up my brother. I, <laughs> oh man, I can't go drive to my sister's house and make fun of her. Or like, I can't go pick up my mom and dad and go get lunch on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, lunch on your parents hits different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just like, there's the things like that is just it was really really hard and that's why i'm super grateful for you guys and just your like i mean your family just everybody like i mean i i mean everybody like at least one person a day would be like hey you you want to go get groceries or hey you want to go hang out hey you want to and it it got to the point where is is pretty much like you guys were like my second family yeah um I mean, you guys technically are my family, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it got to the point where, like, I could be, like, joking around with uh, Uncle Jesse's kids, like how I joked around with my parents. Yeah. Or, like, I could ask you guys for advice, like how I'd ask my sister, my sisters. And it's it's really great having you guys around because instead of me coming up and having no one here for me, I had... 19 cousins and five uncles five aunties and just a whole lot of peace yeah well bro we you're like family to us and you've been a blessing to our family um i hope you know that but you know like you said though there's nothing like being with your brothers or being with your brother or being with your sisters mm-hmm. and so to go without that for so long, um, I think that's a challenge that you probably can't understand unless unless you go through it. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's been times where it's been really hard and um, maybe you felt lonely or um, just that's a struggle. And I want to commend you just for how well you've done, because I know that you're um, a blessing to, to all of us, but especially the five uncles. Thank you. Um, just what you've done pouring into their ministry. And then I also know that you've, um, well, your time with Love Squared as well. And I, I know you spent a lot of time with my cousin, Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that your relationship with BG uh, has been really valuable for him. So uh, thank you for, for that. And um, just being a good cousin to him, that that's a special thing for Boston. And Thank you. Um, I guess we have a few more minutes, um, to talk and, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit with you, um, just about like, you don't have to have all the answers now, but like (laughs) what, what like the future looks like for you possibly, um, moving forward. If you, I'm sure you spent time thinking about it and I'm sure you have dreams. And that's one thing that I always like to encourage, uh, you know, my family and my friends and people I'm close to is like to think about your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you, like, what are your dreams and what's something that you're looking forward to in the future? It's funny that you ask that because I get asked that question a lot for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as my future goes, I definitely want to continue working with um, the uncles as in like the Katinas as a band, just because the the environment and the experience I get with with them it not only like 
as like a technical side, but like spiritually, just like as far as like a like wisdom, they just know so much more than I do, <laughs> and just being around them is just it's a huge blessing that I don't think I could get anywhere else. Mm. Um, and so I mean, as far as the future goes, I do definitely want to bring Love Squared back to American Samoa though, mm. just because. Like I like like I said earlier, I came up with the intention of of pursuing it like wholeheartedly. Yeah. And when I did, I found things that like I didn't know I wanted to do. Mm. And pouring into like like young like the next generation, that's just it was an experience that I didn't think I'd want to experience until I did. And now that I've done it, I don't I don't want to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like I just want to keep. Um, talking to the youth i just want to keep bringing up the next generation of leaders and it's it's something that i definitely feel like american samoa could use yeah definitely well that's awesome man i um i want to encourage you to keep dreaming and however big you're dreaming you can always dream bigger so i always that's something that uh, i have to remind myself a lot but i want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with me and um I look forward to doing this again sometime, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you. To everyone who's listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.